Texas for a little while. I got into music when I was in Colombia. Started playing drums, and then uh, I moved back here to the U.S. back to Texas, and that's when I really started really developing my music career, playing drums, singing a little more, and then after a while of doing that there, I went to Berkeley, and I've been doing stuff in Boston. And I'm Kyle. Um, I'm from Newport, Rhode Island. Shout out Newport. I come from a musical family as well. So my dad had me playing with him, kind of in the living room as a kid, and that kind of. I don't know, I just remember like growing up and being just like immersed in so much different music, having instruments all around the house. Um, and naturally, it wasn't ever like forced upon me, but there was a certain point where like I knew I wanted to go to school for music and do music for the rest of my life. Now, the sound you guys have as Too Smooth is very classic sounding. So were those the influences you heard growing up? I'd say it's a, definitely a mix of, of a lot of things. I think uh, when it comes to the sound, we both are both people that very much enjoy like harmonically rich sounds and things with like big orchestrations and I, I really much enjoy Kyle's taste in music because it's very vintage very classic he always when he shows me things he shows me things I've never heard before and I really like that I've always thought in terms of our sound like he brings like the harmony and he's a crazy arranger and I, I very much enjoy like the groove side of things and also I, I'm a really big fan of vocal harmony which all those things are definitely involved in the classic vintage type of sound, you know, like the Michael Jacksons, the Marvin Gaye's, the Donny Hathaway's type of sound. Yeah, I think we, we each kind of bring our own like background to the game. You know, he's always on the drums and I'm on the piano and it's just kind of like we're jamming and figuring things out. And, you know, we both grew up singing, so we're kind of like both putting our, you know, influences on that. And it's just it's, it's all been very like organic. So when did you first start writing music? Because you both are like solo artists on your own, right? I started writing music like right before the pandemic started. So I was writing with a friend and that was a f like that friend kind of, he was a great writer and then he kind of inspired me to just keep writing beyond that. And I wrote an album during, I guess an EP during the pandemic. And that's when I really like opened up to writing. And then writing with Kyle, we started writing at the beginning of this year. We were, we were in a band together, you know, Kyle was very much, we were both like, hey, let's write together. So we got together and we wrote and it was, it was very organic. Like Kyle said, like we both were very comfortable with throwing ideas at each other and being like, this works, this doesn't work. It was something that I hadn't experienced writing with collaboratively before, even though it was pretty early in my collaborative writing, but I very much enjoyed that. And I was like, this is, this is something very, you know, very fun and very good. And yeah, I did a lot of tinkering around with like the writing side of music in middle school, but I had no one to play 
them with. I was from, at that point, I was living on like a really small island. So I was like one of, you know, 50 kids in my grade. And um, when I went to high school, I met some kids that were a little older than me. We started playing music together and kind of like, you know, bringing ideas and sharing them and figuring them out in a room. So I think that helped me a lot, listening to other people's ideas when writing and jamming together and seeing what you can come up with. So like, when sitting down with Juan, it was like, I felt very similar you know, it was a similar experience to what I was doing in high school with other people. Shout out Smug Honey. <laughs> Smug Honey. So you kind of touched on this already, but what would you say each of you brings to the table? How do you complement each other? Whenever we write, we evaluate our ideas. We're not afraid of, you know, like being critical with each other. You know what I mean? Like if, if we come up with an idea and it's not the best thing that we can do, we'll be like, nah, let's just keep, let's keep pushing forward because we both enjoy the same things, but we have high standards for the things that we make. One way that I've noticed when we're like making a record or a song or, you know, we'll be in the studio and I'll throw like 25 different ideas at the, at the wall and like record them all. Let's do this and this and this and that. And we have this track full of all these crazy, just like, you know, so many layers of stuff. I think Juan has a really good, you have a really good ear of being like, we should leave this, but maybe take these 24 things out because it's all <laughs> trash. Like he'll tell me like, you know, like let's take all this out. And then, you know, maybe the, the 25th thing that we left is like the golden moment of the song for us, you know, um, having you, you know, not only to write the music with, but like to refine all of my like, crazy <laughs> ideas that I get sometimes really like helps make the music tasteful, you know? The ideas are good, but sometimes more important is the filter for those ideas. Absolutely. One of my memories is like somebody like you, that was the last one we wrote for the album and we were writing it in Rhode Island and we're just like sitting there and like nothing's coming out. And then Kyle's dad walks by and he's like, damn, y'all are stumped right now. And we were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks dad. <laughs> My favorite moments are when we like when when an idea clicks for the both of us and we're just like, all right, like this is this is magic. Yeah, and that's that's when the magic happens. You know, there's plenty of times where you know, I'm like, oh, I think the hook should sound like this and the lyrics should be this. And you know, Juan's like, oh no, it should should go like this and you know, we're kind of like, no, we 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 have these very like strong opinions on what it should be like. But when we finally figure out what it should be like, it's unanimous, you know, like neither of us has anything to say. It just feels right, you know, it's like, yeah, that's it. that was the first one the world needed to hear as too smooth when we first started writing we were like wow this sounds a lot like silk sonic specifically night is young i was always like yes this may sound a lot like silk sonic but because of that it's what people are gonna they're gonna be like oh yeah too smooth they sound like silk sonic and then the new stuff that comes out they're gonna be like oh they, they sound like silk sonic but they have some depth to them yeah and i, and I remember like we 
had been, you know, working on getting the record done all summer. And at that point where we wanted to put a single, all the record wasn't done. So we were somewhat limited to our options of songs that, you know, we thought were there and we could, you know, get mixed and mastered, put them out. Um, and I remember we narrowed it down to Night is Young and Snow Day, which is like the ballady, slow winter song. And it was like, you know, 95 degrees out the day we were talking and we were like, we can't release Snow Day now. Like it's, <laughs> it's summertime. The Night is Young felt like a nice, you know, match of like groove and party and fun. And it felt summery. And it's good you brought up Silk Sonic because that's the obvious comparison. But you guys kind of had the feel for that sound before they even had a single, right? When I heard about that collaboration, I was so psyched because Bruno Mars was someone I'd been into as, you know, a young kid and seeing his like evolution of, you know, just touching all different types of music that I like and, um, you know, following Anderson Pack's journey from like SoundCloud to mainstream was sick. And I had always been into like, you know, real live drums that sound a little dirty, you know, like old school grooves, like old school records. Like I listened to Stevie Wonder every day growing up. So that was always like a sound that I was exploring, but not necessarily like comfortable with putting out in the world because, you know, people want to hear 808 kicks and trap hi-hats and, you know, auto-tune um, in like the mainstream world. So I was kind of like reluctant to like get my feet wet in the areas that I really wanted to. And I, I felt very like liberated when they put that record out and it was, you know, it was so well received. When it comes to that sound, with my own stuff, I always wanted to take things there. But I also, before Berkeley had just a big like indie, like bedroom pop, Mac DeMarco, Boy Pablo, Man I Trust kind of influence. When I finally started writing with Kyle and noticing like the way he heard things and the way he kind of orchestrated things, that's when I was like, okay, this is the person that I know that I can create with that will push that sound out of me. If you create in a way that's fun, you're not really focused on exactly what it's going to sound like as much as just letting it come out of you and i think with kyle it was finally like okay this is this is the way it's gonna work also the berkeley influence i think helped a little bit has influenced your songwriting the greatest thing has just has just been being around a bunch of great musicians and uh just learning about music as a whole i knew some music things when i got there but then just challenging myself and and i'm part of the it's called contemporary writing and production major and that's all you know arranging and stuff like that i remember for one of the songs on the album called when the morning comes I had written it a while before, but I really wanted horns on it and I had no idea how. And then I was in class and my, my teacher said something about how horns should complement the vocals. And as soon as he said that, I thought of the horn line for the song and I just left the classroom because I was like, I gotta get a voice note of this. That experience was things that I had imagined happening before I got here, which was really nice. I think like Berkeley is such a great place for you to like, you know, work on your craft, especially it's like a, you know, military, training facility for musicians it's so like the concentration of people there and the like you know level of professors and 
you know like when you're in high school they've got you doing this and that and you're trying to you know you really like for me like i knew i wanted to do music that was what i was doing after school every day but i was also playing sports and taking all of my you know gen eds and stuff but here it's like you can really focus on it and you know juan and i are both whatever it is we're doing music all day 24 7 and just being around all these amazing musicians i think shaped us into better musicians and we were able to write this music also like the the berkeley for people that don't know like the berkeley audience falls into like that nerdy category of like artsy people kind of thing so like you play a show for a berkeley crowd like if i play some chord with really nice voicings and extensions people will go crazy they'll start screaming and freaking out but if i if i play that at like a club here in rhode island with my friends like people will look at me like i'm crazy like what are you doing like <laughs> that sounds terrible so it's a, it's a different world up there for sure yeah i like those specialty schools that, same for like film schools and stuff where like your network is right there if you need horn players or oh i need a bass player for this thing they're all right there everybody knows everybody and it's kind of a you help each other out like that absolutely absolutely is there a specific class or, or, or course that you weren't expecting to get a lot out of that ended up changing things for you. I'm on the last class of the harmony, like which is just music theory track. And I have a really good teacher that talks about, he talks about more about, you know, cause a lot of people think of harmony as the rules instead of the explanation. And he's very good of thinking of it and explaining it as the, you know, as the explanation. Like this is like, he doesn't say you have to do this because it works. It's this works because of these reasons. Um, and we've analyzed a lot of um, Stevie Wonder tunes in my harmony class. And I've learned a lot about just like, you know, the way, for example, chords can tell a story, things like that. Yeah, I, I think we can both agree that um, Juan and I got a lot out of our uh, first harmony class. At Berkeley. Oh, yeah. We were actually in the same class. It was taught by uh, Stephen Fife, who's like an amazing New York jazz pianist and mm -hmm. arranger. And whilst it was a difficult class for both of us, you know, that's how we met, and uh, I think we got a lot out of it. We were able to <laughs> make too smooth, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I remember because, like, I, th I think Kyle and I hadn't spoken. We'd spoken on Instagram, but it was only, like, a couple classes in where I was like, yo, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were kind of sitting on opposite sides, and I was definitely a little shell-shocked. I was, you know, suburb kid, moved to the city, and I was like, oh my god, so many people. I definitely kept to myself for, like, that first month. Somebody Like You was released this year. How did these songs come together? Like, did they, you have these sketches for like maybe these particular uh, nine songs or did you have more than that kind of narrow it down from there? The thing that I admire the most about Kyle as a songwriter is that he has lots of seeds all the time. And what's a seed? It's just the beginning of a song, but they're really rich and they're really, really good. And he's always creating them. And so when we first wrote, Kyle was like, listen, check this out. And it was Snow Day. Um, and immediately when I heard what he had for Snow Day, like I was like, this is really good. 
Yeah, I think it was just lots of seeds that we both had and we really enjoyed writing with each other. Within like the first couple weeks of writing, we had like four songs that we thought were pretty much there in terms of like the writing part of it, you know, music and melody and lyrics and whatnot. Um, so we booked some studio time and in between that and getting ready for the studio, we were kind of writing more. So we recorded a couple like outtakes, I guess you could call it the studio, just like, you know, kind of us jamming on some idea. And yeah, it was, it was initially we were like, it'll be the EP. And then we realized we kind of had, you know, six or seven songs and we were like, we could just, you know, write a few more and it, we could call it an album. Tell us about Jeff's story, because that's a little different than some of the others on the album. I love Jeff's story, man. We both are very big fans of transitional tracks and also vibey things. Like Kyle is an incredible producer, just period. But also when it comes to like creating like a soundscape. And we had talked about having like some transitional tracks, maybe not even just transitional tracks, but tracks that just kind of add to like the message or story of the album. And uh, I was over the summer, I was away. Um, and Kyle kept working on some stuff and he sent me the initial bounce of Jeff's story, which was the chords da, 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 with um, just an interview of Jeff Buckley, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I heard it and I was like, man, this is awesome. And then I told him, I was like, this should develop a little more. And so after we did that, we kind of got together and we were like, Kyle was like, what if it develops and it just modulates out of nowhere? I got with our, our friend Richie, who's shout out to Richie, incredible bass player. We just sat in a room in a Berkeley ensemble room. We turned off all the lights. We stacked a bunch of music stands on top of each other so that the light from the hallway wouldn't come in. And we just started playing until we came up with a recording that we were like, all right, this is what we'd be like. Is that really what I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We were in uh, 1120 and I was, we were trying to write to it. And I was like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. And we just turned off the lights and it worked out. It was very nice because it was the whole the whole like interview with Jeff is he's saying like Kyle revealed to me later on that technically he's talking about just like having sex. But initially it sounded like he was talking about like creativity. He was like, yeah, you know, you're in this moment where everything flows. And I was like, we need to recreate that. process whether from a writing perspective or putting them all together i would say it was difficult at least on this record being split in between two states i was uh, at home in rhode island working juan stayed up in boston and he was also working so we're working full-time jobs also playing with other musicians gigging and I, I think trying to work on this was definitely hard to like balance my schedule but for both of us, it was never like a hassle. Like we were so invested in this project and that's why it got done. You know, I've been part a part of projects where it'll either, it won't happen or it'll take just like so long because the parts of it, you know, people just aren't as invested, but we were so, we believed in this music so much. We were so psyched to work on it, meet up and try new things with it. It just felt like, you know, it was inevitable that we were going to get it done. And even, you know, starting school, we were still pulling our hairs out trying to get these last few songs right while doing classes and rehearsals and whatnot, but it was totally worth it. Oh, 
much have your defined sound, but is there anything you would like to experiment with maybe in the future? One of the times I went to Rhode Island over the summer, we listened to a, a band called Pine Grove, and we were listening to a song called Iodine, which someone had shown me, and it's such a good song. And I remember Kyle mentioned that at some point it'd be cool to do an album that was like, maybe not completely departed from our sound, but just like, you know, much more singer-songwritery and see how that comes out. I love to explore new sounds and I'm always curious, you know, what something would sound like if I did it like this. And uh, I mean, since doing the record, we've definitely been in the studio quite a bit and have made stuff that sounds a lot like our record and stuff that sounds very far from it. And I'm psyched to kind of expand on it. I, I always just, you know, we've wanted to collaborate with like rappers and other singers and make some more like pop produced stuff and make some more live stuff. So I think as long as our voices and our, you know, fingers are in this music, I think we can explore anything we really want to. Is there anything official in the pipeline? We're going up to New York in February. We are recording some live to vinyl. Live performances recorded and cut to vinyl. We're doing three songs, Somebody Like You, we're doing Snow Day, and an unreleased song that we finished pretty recently called Goosebumps. So in terms of things that have been announced that are official, that's that's what's coming down the pipeline. But with the rate at which we're creating music, I'm sure there'll be more stuff coming out pretty soon. Links to Two Smooth's music and everything else can be found in the show notes. Indie Echo is a product of Hi5 Music, a digital production studio that brings your bedroom demos to life. If you want your music produced, mixed, or remixed, visit the link on my Instagram, at Hi5Music. And you can follow the show at Indie Echo Podcast. Thank you for listening.